0: Welcome to Midnight Radio, and it is that time of the year October rolls around. We're in the last few days of September. We're entering October, and it's time to go over some paranormal stories in the news. These aren't just any paranormal stories. These are paranormal stories that have been verified. Let me give you an example. We're going to go over a story about a woman arrested, a teacher arrested on satanic ritual child abuse in a school with teenagers. This really happened. Can you guess what state? We have a family cleared of the death of their child in an exorcism killing. There's a haunted doll that returns to a Houston family after being thrown out multiple times. We have video of this. We have a semi-truck in Oklahoma. In the last few days, it had a wreck. and It spilled out a load of dildos and lube. Is this a true story? Well, we have video of it. Or do we? Did 79 people die in a bridge collapse while watching a clown stunt of geese pulling a clown in a tub on May 2nd, 1845 in Yarmouth, England? Did this really happen? We're going to go over that. We're going to go over the top stories of this week, and we're going to close out. We're going to start by closing out some of the top stories of last week got some updates for you on our website midnightrad.io we have an article up there it's more of a report you would not believe the number of female rapists that are out there now the female rapist number soar this report doesn't include teachers involved in pedophilia female teachers in texas apparently have a problem with that I'll give you the number real quick, and we're going to go over some of the women on the wall of shame at MidnightRad.io. 25,066 males were raped by females in the year 2020. I've been told that this number has doubled since the pandemic. This came out before the pandemic, and as soon as those new numbers come out, we're going to update that article. We're going to go over that tonight. But before we do all of that, we're going to go over... Some updates for some of the articles we had last week. If you'd like to call in, make a comment or question about any of these stories we're going over today, the phone number to do that is 325-261-0892. Again, the number is 325-261-0892. Leave us a comment or question up to three minutes. We'll play it on the next show. I'd also like to tell you that next week planning on having a guest and we're going to go along with the theme of paranormal as we enter this halloween season got a if you go to our website midnightrad.io and there's a link to our youtube on there you're gonna and there's also a link for documentaries up at the top we have a documentary coming out october the 15th it's called the soul collector it's a story based on a book by Joni Mayhand, you have a paranormal investigator that goes to an investigation, and let's just say all hell breaks loose when she goes home. We interviewed her. We researched the story. We have a German exorcist that helped us verify things, and you're not going to want to miss that. If you go to, if you go to YouTube. You can put a hashtag Midnight Radio. You can find us on there. You can subscribe. And we're going to premiere this live on there October 15th at 7 p.m. Check our website for details or any updates on that. Last week, we told you the story about Catherine Hay, 23 from Castle Rock, Colorado. We asked you if you had any information about this to contact the local police. Her last known location was in Granite on, on Sunday. We have an update for this. She was found dead in Chaffee County on Wednesday. She had last been seen around 9 a.m. in the Meadows neighborhood of Castle Rock. Her last known location was in Granite. The Littleton Police Department said Wednesday afternoon she was found dead, and the investigators do not suspect foul play. The department did not say where she was found and said there was no threat to the public. And, at the bottom of this article, if you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, you can dial 9888, that's 988, for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline 24-7, And that was on their article. Let me tell you, if you are struggling with mental health, you can dial 1-800-THE-HELP. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is 1-800-THE-HELP. Another story that we covered last week was a school shooter up for parole. These articles from our show last week's on MidnightRad.io, the things I'm going over tonight. All of these stories will be available for you there. MidnightRad.io, they'll be available tomorrow. School shooter up for parole. Michael Carneal, 1997, Paducah, Kentucky, is a school shooting perpetrator. He was up for parole. He was a high school freshman when he gunned down three girls at school due to kentucky law since he was a juvenile at the time of his murders he's up for parole after 25 years he gets one shot i believe he said he still heard voices that tell him to do bad things i have a video play it for you right now
1: you know the seven person parole board was unanimous michael Carniel will serve out the rest of his life sentence with no more chances for parole
2: the night before I was not sleeping well, I just had a lot of thoughts of, like, you know, what could happen, and I had a lot on my mind.
1: Missy Jenkins-Smith watched and waited as the parole board deliberated Monday. 25 years earlier, on December 1st, 1997, her classmate Michael Carniel shot her and seven other students at Heath High School in West Paducah. Three students died, Nicole Hadley, Jessica James, and Casey Steger. Smith was frightened by the prospect of Carniel's release.
2: If he were to get out, he could come to you know my driveway and watch us if he wanted to. Or he could go to my son's football game.
1: Carniel was 14 at the time of the shooting. Last week, at the age of 39, he addressed the parole board. Mr.
2: Carniel, when was the last time that uh, you heard one of these voices that told you to do something harmful? A couple of days ago. And do you recall what that
1: voice told you to do? Jump off the
3: stairs, jump down the stairs.
1: On Monday, when the board announced its decision, Carniel said little. I mean, it is the decision of the parole board today to allow you to serve out the remainder of your sentence. Thank you, sir. Yes, ma'am. The decision was a relief for Smith. I kind
2: of think that he really didn't want to get out. That's what it seemed like because he was so unprepared.
1: And she's grateful the board did not give Carneal a future chance for parole.
2: So now I can not focus on having to worry about interactions with him or anything else that that controlled me on December the 1st by him and his decision. But
0: focus on what I can use this wheelchair for as an example to help others. It was a one-shot deal. Parole denied. Ed Kemper, the serial killer, is soon up for parole again. We'll cover that story for you. If you don't know who he is, Google Ed Kemper. That'll really run a chill down your spine. Another story we covered. Got your update right now. 14-year-old Lyric Woods and 18-year-old Devin Clark were found shot to death in Western Orange County, North Carolina. After going missing over the weekend, parents want answers. We got some answers now.
2: The vigil will be held to honor the life of one of two teenagers found murdered along a wooded trail in Orange County. The bodies of 18-year-old Devin Clark and 14-year-old Lyric Woods were found over the weekend. Police have identified a person of interest but have yet to make an arrest. Elena Athens joins us live now with more on this case. Elena, good afternoon. Yeah, the sheriff, uh, Barbara, telling me there's no new information to report, but that his office is methodically working towards the arrest of that 17-year-old suspect. Uh, we did just get in the 911 call that was placed when the bodies were discovered. It's, there's a there's a power, there's a, like a, uh-huh. an, there's an access to, like where the power company cut a road in. Uh-huh and they're they're just laying around on the side of the road. We came home. We were on a a Mm four-wheeler, and we we were actually putting out deer corn, and we discovered them. The victims were found with what appeared to be gunshot wounds. The slain teens are going to be honored tonight at two separate events. Lyric Woods played volleyball on a travel league and just started ninth grade at Cedar Ridge High School when she was killed. A home volleyball game tonight against Person High will be played in her memory. Around that same time, family and friends of Devin Clark will be gathering in Yanceyville. There will be a vigil. The 18-year-old's mom is asking people to bring candles. A balloon release will follow, and they'll be using his favorite colors, blue and Black. The community is offering support to both families right now in another way. Donations flowing in for online fundraisers to pay for funeral expenses. Uh, I checked the accounts about an hour ago. The one for Woods exceeding its goal and raising more than $23,000. The fundraiser for Clark doubling its goal and bringing in more than twenty four dollars We know both families are desperate to learn who is responsible for these murders, and they want justice. Uh, The Orange County District Attorney's Office says they do not know yet uh, if they're going to be charging this teen as an adult. They're going to wait until there's an arrest to make that call. We're live in Orange County. Elena Athens, ABC 11 Eyewitness News.
0: Again, the suspect is 17 years old. He's a minor, so they're not releasing his name. So what do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about this? 17 years old, he's around the same age as... The victims. I think he knew them. It was a the male and a female that were shot. Are we assuming that this suspect is a male? Maybe it was a three way love triangle. I don't know. I'd like to know what you think about the stories we're covering tonight. We're going to go into the second half here. Phone number is 325-261-0892. We are live right now on MidnightRad.io. And we will start posting our broadcast schedule on there for our live shows. So you guys can call in and talk to me live. I would love to have a conversation with you. You can also email us at MidnightRad.io101. At gmail.com. That is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. If you have stories you'd like us to cover, you think would be interested in, please email us there. Now let me see what I have for you. Female rapists. Go to our website, midnightrad.io. And you can see this report right there on the front page, backed up by government statistics and data. And on there we have examples of some of the female rapists on our wall of shame is what we call it. That is just what I call it. We have to call it anything, although I don't believe in casting judgment. But if I was... We have Shante Gilman, 26, charged with second-degree rape in Seattle 2017. A man woke up to Mrs. Gilman riding him. He asked her to get off. She told him to be quiet. He bucked her off, and she asked him for a cigarette. He pushed her out, threw a cigarette at her, and slammed the door in her face. She denied the allegations, but when presented with DNA evidence, she pled guilty. She was released from jail after nine months. go over some more of these and I'm not saying that females being raped is not bad and I am not saying that the number of females being raped is less being raped by men is less there are some there's a lot more female rapists out there than the ones I put on this list these are just a good sampling There were a lot of teachers in school, which is really a story unto itself, but you can just Google that and see about 17 female teachers going down a month on that. I didn't put any of those on here. This is Lauren Andrews, 31, from New York. This happened in September of 2022. In New York, she worked for Glen Falls Mental Health Facility. Lauren was charged with having intercourse with a person mentally incapable of lawful choice. She was charged with third-degree rape. Incident allegedly happened in June of 2022. She was assistant coordinator at the facility at the time. We have Marie Lamar. She was 38. This happened May 21st, 2021 intoxicated, broke broken in the house of an elderly man and performed oral sex on him. She moved to take an insertion position and fell off into the floor, which completely woke up the elder gent, sending him into hysterics. When he realized the toothless woman wasn't his wife, he ran to the next room to confess to his wife and the police were called. She threatened the wife said she would kick her in the face and break out her teeth. The police got there just in time. This is from the UK. This happened in Grand Union Central Canal, right next to there. Her name is Claire Marsh. She was 18 at the time. This happened in the year 2000. She was among a gang of 10 boys and two girls when she helped lure a tipsy woman into a park. She helped hold her down and yelled chilling taunts as a woman was raped. And then thrown in the canal. She was sentenced to seven years in juvenile detention. I did a little investigation on Claire Marsh. Her mother was a martial artist. And Claire herself seemed to be some kind of boxer. And she had a she had a blog once she got out of Juvie about boxing. Her blog didn't last long, although you you can see it. Look up Claire Marsh blog. We have Lestina Marie Smith, she was 17. This happened in September 2017. She lived in Saginaw, Michigan. She no longer lives there. She does have a heavily, she does have a heavy social media presence to this day. But back in 2017 in old Saginaw, she held a knife to her 19-year-old date's neck and forced him to have oral and vaginal intercourse with her she pled no contest received probation and 25 years on the sex registry rumor is she had recording she had recorded parts of the assault on her phone but the 19 year old who she assaulted wrote a letter to the court stating it wasn't really rape that's when she got a plea deal that's why she only received she pled no contest, received probation, 25 years on the sex registry. Brittany Carter, 23. This happened January the 17th, January. excuse me, January the 28th, 2017 in Finlay, Ohio. Brittany performed oral sex on the member of a cab driver while her boyfriend held a knife to his neck and robbed him. She was convicted and served four years. She was on bail for drug charges at the time of the rape. He got considerably more time for that. They gave her a deal if she turned on her boyfriend, which she did. Again, All these stories are up on our website, MidnightRad.io. We have Rebecca Chandler, 22, and Raven, Larrabee, 20. This happened in 2011. Now, this pair was accused but not charged or convicted. Again, the male recanted his story, even though there was physical evidence, and there's video of this on the link to our website. They were accused of meeting an 18-year-old man online, and they met him at Gaia.com, where there is a dating portion of that website. They met an 18-year-old man online enticing him to their apartment in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for sex and satanic worship. They tied him up, had sex with him, and cut him over 300 times. The girls readily admitted quickly in that he asked to go, but his request was denied until he escaped. The... There was a dog there that somehow got cut and was taken from the apartment of these two girls. These girls were not convicted. They were only accused. But I do have video of them on the website. MidnightRad.io talking about what they did. And you wonder, with the amount of blood that was there and what happened to this poor man, how they didn't receive some kind of charge from it. Victoria Moreau, 74. These last two stories, they really border on the paranormal. They take us nicely into our true paranormal stories we're going to go into. Victoria Moreau, 74. She was charged with physically and sexually abusing four mentally challenged clients in her care. She had some kind of halfway boarding house where she took care of people in her spare rooms. She was accused of locking the disabled victims in a closet, giving them extremely hot or cold baths to punish them for failing to use the bathroom properly or eating too slow. Police went on to say Moreau sexually assaulted two of the female victims and the male victim by manipulating their private parts in an aggressive and torturous manner. But this next part, ladies and gentlemen, takes it to the Twilight Zone. It makes me think she was possessed. Cause Moreau Moreau barricaded herself and her two grandchildren in a back room of her house at two hundred five Ridge Road when officers showed up to arrest her. That's what the police said. The police said in their statements that Moreau charged the officers while removing her clothes before they finally arrested her. They said she then screamed and made animal noises in the holding cell the rest of the night. All these stories and video about other female rapists that aren't in this story are at midnightrad.io. You're probably going to want to check that out. Now... We'll go over the news stories for this week. Did you know that in California and it's already legalized in Colorado I mean I think it's Washington State. Here I'll be back on the flip side of this audio. It says human composting now burial choice in Colorado. This company is in his final preparations to launch their human composting burial our, business. Our builder, Chris,
3: has welded the seams in this vessel so that it'll be uh, an airtight, watertight chamber where the conversion of a human body back to beneficial
0: soil will occur. For a long time, when people think of what we do with a body after someone dies we either bury or we cremate. And that typically means a burial in a cemetery or a flame cremation. And there are some really exciting ecological options that are evolving because we're realizing that if we bury, we're running out of space. This month, Colorado became the second state after Washington to allow human body composting. Composting will start in Oregon next summer This isn't creepy. I don't know what is. This video will be up on our website. MidnightRad.io is showing how they do it in Kent, Washington. It's showing vessels at a composting body. Ah, body composting. 85 people. Yeah, we've already seen competition the minute it was legal in Washington State. And um, I'm actually really proud that that's happening. It means that... Um, more people than just me and my
3: team think it's a really good idea to have this option out there. And it also, you know, the reality is like climate change fixing this predicament we're in is going to take more than one team of people.
0: So we're going to compost human bodies because of climate change. I swear, climate change can be blamed on anything, can't it? Some people do composting bodies I believe is a horrible idea absolutely horrible idea it's very dehumanizing it's saying you're worth nothing of course the bible does say that from the dust man came and to the dust he shall return
2: more than one company so it's really good to have others out there doing the work
0: They say it takes between a month and a year to compost a human body. They mix it with straw and wood chips, and microbes within the body do the rest.
3: You know, I always joke that I hope I expire on trash day if that's just easier for my family. Being returned to, you know, where it all started seems like a good place to be. and
0: you know, if-, if that's easier for your family, why don't you just prepay for your burial? Or, I don't know, make sure you have a will.
3: If it works for the garden, I'm certain it should work for me. I'd rather be doing that than, you know, spend eternity in a field that is being, you know, constantly watered, constantly mowed.
0: My dream with human composting is that it would become the default. Like cremation is right now in the U.S. That um, that most of us would choose to return to the earth that way. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to know what you think about this story. Go ahead and call 325-261-0892. Wow. Leave me a comment or question up to three minutes. Ah. Another sad story that happened this week. And it is bizarre. A 12-year-old Texas girl and her father were taken to the hospital for gunshot wounds late Tuesday night in an incident that revealed an alleged murder pact. The Parker County Sheriff's Office said that they were called to residence in Weatherford, Texas, for reports of a shooting, finding the wounded 12-year-old lying in the street on top of a handgun and the 38-year-old dad in the family's home. Investigators said they believe the girl first shot her father in the abdomen, fled the scene, and then shot herself in the head. Upon further investigation, it was learned the girl had been planning to kill her family and pets, and then run away with another girl from Lufkin, Texas, from Texas to Georgia. The other girl, who reportedly did not go through with a plan to murder her own dad, has been charged with criminal conspiracy in the planning of the murder plot. Quote, due to the injuries, the age of the juveniles, and the sensitive case matter, information released regarding this case will be limited, said Sheriff Russ, explaining they would not release family names at this time. It is not known how serious the 12-year-old and her father's wounds are, so we do not know. We do not know if they died or not. Let me see if I can find out. I will update you. This was breaking news. I will update you with this information on our next episode, which will be next week. Check midnightrad.io for a broadcast schedule, which I'll be posting up there. If you look, if you go to midnightrad.io right now, you'll see that I have a message up there about our broadcasting license. That'll be removed, and that'll it's going to be where our next broadcast, live broadcast, will let you know right there. Last week, I believe I talked about this, there was a three-year- old boy whose aunt, uh, Victoria Moreno, pushed him off of the Navy pier, which I've been there before. It's a Navy pier in Chicago's. And the video, you can see her pushing him blatantly pushed him off. And it wasn't her child. she was the aunt. And she basically, the ch- she was at her mother's house. Our sister dropped off the kid, who the grandmother normally watches. But the sister was there, too. The grandmother went to go to a different room. The aunt took the child and left very quickly. Took to the Navy Pier, pushed him off. That child has died now. He was in critical condition because of the lack of oxygen. When he almost drowned... The child was pulled from the water by emergency personnel and transported to a hospital in critical critical condition. His name was Josiah Brown. He was pronounced dead at 10.16 a.m. last Sunday. She was arrested less than an hour after the boy was in the water at the scene and charged with first-degree attempted murder and aggravated battery of a child. She was denied Bell. Defense argued that she had mental health issues and now i'm sure those charges have been upgraded to murder talking about paranormal on the bizarre side we're going to go from bizarre and then we're going to slide into paranormal this happened this week this is stories reported by the daily mail because the uk has more accurate headlines i find than in the usa they really do and One thing I noticed is when I was, I'm a military veteran, if you guys are tuning in for the first time or haven't heard me before, and I was in Iraq and we couldn't get any accurate news from the United States at all about anything that happened, but we could listen to the BBC, which we could get over there because I guess they had translators somewhere over there, you know, that sent the signal and boosted it over to the Middle East It might have been on a shortwave. Whatever the case, they had really accurate information. And ever since then, I noticed UK information is the way to go. In Chicago, a man is shot in the face after breaking into a SWAT team training. That's right. A SWAT team was training, exercise, and he grabbed two guns from the table. Now, he had gone to the Hoffman Square Evidence Collection Center to pick up his personal property. Which... Let you know that he was detained before. But instead of that, he scaled the fire escape and entered the building on a fifth floor. The SWAT team's guns contained rubber pellets instead of live rounds. The suspect, unaware of this, grabbed two of the guns from a table. What do you think happened after that? I'll tell you. The guns didn't contain live rounds. Instead, they'd been switched out for rubber pellets. He grabbed two of the weapons and pointed them at officers who shot him in the face in retaliation. The man is now in the hospital recovering from non-life-threatening injuries. The man involved has a lengthy criminal history of arrests. According to the Chicago Police Chief David Brown, it's unclear whether the officers involved in the SWAT training knew that the guns contained live rounds of rubber pellets. I think it's pretty clear since they shot him in the head and in the face, they knew it was rubber bullets and they knew what that would do. If any of you have ever been shot with rubber bullets, it's non-lethal, but it's like being kicked by a mule. So matter of fact, you can be killed if you're shot in the temple. They shot him in the face. The incident is now under investigation. At a briefing last Monday afternoon, the chief said one officer suffered a twisted ankle in the chaos, but that no one else was injured. Thank goodness for that. That wasn't the case on May 2nd, 1845. 79 people died after the Yarmouth suspension bridge collapsed in England as they watched a circus stunt involving a clown in a bathtub being pulled by four geese. Do you believe this is true or not? Well, according on Snopes, it's true. This story and all the rest of them are going over will be up on the website, midnightrad.io. Or if you're listening to the podcast of this broadcast, which will be out later, you can see the show notes and click on that. It will take you to these stories. But the Liverpool Echo recounted the old story in 1959. The newspaper headline read, The goose ride to tragedy and called the incident the maddest publicity stunt of 1845. It all happened on a Friday night on the evening of May 2nd, 1845. A crowd gathered to see an act known as Mr. Nelson, who was a clown with William Cook Circus. The stunt, which was promoted on a large flyer, consisted of the clown sitting in a bathtub in the river and being pulled by four geese. One flyer appeared to indicate that Cook would portray the role of a clown. The idea sounded innocent enough. You can see this flyer. If you click on the link. The flyer said, forget it not, come one, come all. A merrier man with the limits of becoming mirth, I never spent an hour's talk with all, Shakespeare. Unfortunately, as the clown performed the act with the geese, the Yarmouth suspension bridge collapsed under the immense weight of hundreds of people. Some 400 spectators were reported to have fallen into the water. 79 people died, with 51 of them being children under the age of 14. Here's some of the original report. In the afternoon of Friday, Nelson the Clown at Cook Circus proceeded to perform a feat which was Excited, which has excited some attention both in London and the provinces since it was first introduced by the late Mr. Usher swimming in a wash tub drawn by four geese he was to start from the draw bridge on the quay on the quay and go to the suspension bridge which was erected on the site of an ancient ferry near the Burr and opened in april twenty third eighteen twenty nine Thousands of spectators were collected to witness this spectacle on the bridge, which has rarely been widened four feet beyond the chains for the accommodation of foot passengers proceeding to and from the railway station with which the bridge afforded only means of communication except by a ferry was crowded. As the clown approached, all the persons flocked to the side of the bridge and the effect was to flatten the crown of the bridge so perceptively that it was noticed from the shore. Before any warning could be given, before an alarm could be made, a crack was heard. One after another, rails and chains gave way. The south side of the bridge fell down, hanging nearly perpendicular to the water, and all its occupants, men, women, and children, were precipitated, those in the background being literally pitched over the heads of the foremost ones into the burr. The effect of the shock on the spectators that lined both sides of the river was electrical. A wild shriek rent the air, but the sufferers were mute, and eyewitness affirms that they shrieked, spoke not, engulfed in the yawning waters. They were heard no more. The wild geese cry of agony was succeeded by the most active efforts to rescue the sufferers. Almost... The first saved were between 20 and 30 young girls who were taken to Mr. Franklin's, the Vauxhall Gardens, where every attention that humanity could suggest was shown them. The boatmen exerted themselves with energy and brought many to land, and whilst there were a good many in whom the breath of life was still vivid, the greater number were inanimate corpses. The accident took place about 10 minutes or a quarter after 6 o'clock and before eight. Fifty-three dead bodies had been conveyed to the Norwich Alms Public House. Others were taken to the Admiral Collingwood and to the Swan and many to their own houses. The process of dragging was continued as long as a gleam of light remained and renewed early in the morning before 7 o'clock on Saturday. Ninety bodies had been found and brought to shore. Several acts of gallantry were performed. Two men named Smith and Creek swam about and saved several persons. The son of Mr. Sloman, the bookseller, was one of those immersed in the water, a gallant fellow whose name could be ascertained, who was also one of those who fell from the bridge. Having extricated himself from the sinking throng, took young Sloman under one arm and another child under the other and succeeded in reaching the shore, saving both. A poor woman who, with her child, was thrown from the bridge supporting her infant by holding his clothes with her teeth and thus having her hands at liberty. She prudentially got clear from the sinking bodies and reached the shore in safety. Another poor creature was not so successful. She was found with a child three years old in her arms and firmly grasping another. All were dead. One man in the act of falling snatched at the bridge and grappling it hung fast. A woman got hold of his feet and he told her to move on. She was rescued and he ultimately fell into the stream but was saved. This story will be on his website. Midnightrad.io is absolutely true. I do not know the fate of his clown. There was an inquest made. The inquest final verdict found a welding defect responsible for the tragedy and condemned the inferior materials and labor used to build the bridge only 16 years earlier. as not being up to standards of the original contract. 2013, the BBC reported the memorial had been erected to remember the lives that were lost. Talking about erections, did you know or do you believe? Let me give you the date of this September 15th. That's just what a week ago, not very long ago. It's what September 30th now, same year 2022 in Oklahoma. There's a semi truck that was carrying sex toys. Got in a wreck, spilled a load of dildos and lube. It's true. I got it right here. Well, that's
3: right, Lacey. This is a semi that overturned and uh, lost its load here. It has also involved this box truck that's uh, on a little bit further east there. involved this box truck... That, but they're being loaded right there now. This semi overturned right at I 40, right where the on ramp is to go to the new uh, Turnpike Spur here. It is also the Mustang on ramp when you get uh, uh, off Mustang to get onto I 40 eastbound. That's also the Mustang on ramp. That is completely shut down due to he's all the way across the lanes there. So they already got the records here, but there is a and lot yes, of. And yes,
0: as you're looking up. at this footage, so you this can tell what it is.
3: Spur and Mustang on ramp here at I 40 will probably be closed for quite some it time. Wasn't a load of hot we'll dogs. Out from Bob Mills, Scott, nine. Back to you. Jim, can you tell what so he's carrying
0: You'll be on the website. What's all over know. the road? Oh, you can tell. He can tell. They're zooming in now.
2: Alright, that's a, a mess for yeah, sure. That's the latest. I-40 East
3: For Wales. sure. Well, it looks like some not bu- No, we're zooming Uh-oh. in. Uh, oh. Not really. Uh, Maybe you Some can tell, I, I can't tell. You yeah. know, the good thing involved in this, too, is the driver's not injured. It's a package, all yeah, right. There's no injuries, but uh, there's a lot of stuff laying on the road. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it's going to take a while to clean up. All right. Jim Gardner over the scene and Bob Mills, Sky News 9 again. I-40 eastbound blocking the Kilpatrick exit or on-ramp, if you will.
0: Well, I certainly hope this doesn't ruin somebody's Christmas. Real story. Some digging around was done on Reddit, and it was confirmed with the Highway Patrol of Oklahoma that the semi-truck belonged to HDR Transport out of Garden Grove, California. The company confirmed that it was carrying a product that was functioned as a liquid to clean the sex toys. However, they didn't say what else was in there, but you can tell what it is. You can look at this yourself. Several containers strewn all over the road appear to show the font. The front, back and sides of several boxes of a product called Adam and Eve G-Spot touch-sensitive finger vibe. Christmas stockings. Oh my. It's a finger Johnson. This story is linked midnightrad.io if you're Listening to the podcast, which you'll get later after this live broadcast you're listening to on MidnightRad.io, you can see the pictures for yourself. Tell us what you think. Somebody's stocking isn't going to quite get stuffed this year, I'm afraid. Oh, someone's been naughty. Let me tell you about a true paranormal story. On Christmas of 2013, a Houston-area girl was gifted an Elsa doll, and all was well, until it wasn't. The doll recited phrases from the movie Frozen and sang, let it go. When a button on its neck was pressed, for two years it did that in English. Mother Emily Madonna said in 2015 it started doing it alternating between Spanish and English. There wasn't a button that changed these. It was just random. The family has owned the doll for more than six years and never changed its batteries. The mother says the doll would randomly begin to speak and sing even when its switch is turned off. In December 2019, the family decided to get rid of the doll. However, Elsa wasn't going to let this family go. Despite throwing it out in the trash, the family found the doll inside of a bench in the living room. Later, the kids insisted they did not put it there, and I believed them because they wouldn't have dug through the garbage outside. Madonna said, "Elsa completely stopped operating in English and began only speaking and singing in Spanish." And uh, here's a video of it so you can hear it.
2: Ojalá nieve todo el tiempo hacer magia con nieve juntas es muy divertido. A mi hermana Ana y a mí nos gusta jugar en la nieve dentro del castillo. <ríe> Soy la princesa Elsa de Arendelle. Es increíble. ¿Jugamos otra vez? Nieve y hielo a brillar les ordeno. Me es divertido jugar en la
0: unfortunately i don't speak spanish so i don't realize how creepy what she's saying is but apparently they checked with the manufacturer and there was no option for spanish language in this product check out the story and all the others we're going over at midnightrad.io you can also to our easy listening stream that we have going on there when we're not doing a live broadcast This next true story that I verified personally is called the Kennedy IFE if Death. Their family was cleared of this exorcism killing, which I covered an exorcism killing a few months ago. That mother was not cleared. She's currently serving. Seven members of a family were accused of imprisoning and killing a man during a three-day exorcism they've been cleared of all charges kennedy if 26 died after he was allegedly restrained at a house in infield north london in august 2016 the old bailey heard his parents and brothers mistakenly believed he was possessed by evil spirits They said about curing him. All seven accused were found not guilty of manslaughter. Mr. Eve's parents, Kenneth 64 and Josephine 56, along with his brothers Roy 33, Harry 32, Colin 26, Samuel 20, Daniel 20, were also cleared of false imprisonment in causing or allowing the death of a vulnerable adult. Domestic issue jurors heard the family held deep religious beliefs and were connected with the Jesus Sanctuary Ministries in Southeast London. On August 19th, Kennedy became aggressive, bit his father and threatened to cut off his own penis. So his mother sought advice from a minister rather than seeking medical help. The family then set about attempting to cure Kennedy through restraint and prayer over the next three days. Roy Ife, said his brother's actions were shocking to hear but he did not consider calling professional help because it was a domestic issue kenneth Fiff told jurors he ordered his sons to take shifts and use overwhelming force but denied that an association with cults occults and secret societies played any part in the death the 26 year old was pronounced dead after Harrieth called emergency services by saying his brother had been complaining of dehydration. Let me see. There was a trial. They were cleared. Let's take it back to the USA. St. Petersburg. Saint Petersburg, Florida. This isn't about a Florida man though, but it is three times as crazy than anything I've heard along those lines. What about a teacher? having kids perform a satanic ritual. Daniel Harkins told the kids they needed to rid their bodies of demons as the group gathered before dusk around a small fire near the St. Petersburg Pier. They should cut their skin to let the evil spirits out. Police said she told that to the children. Then they needed to burn the wound to ensure that the spirits would not return. Some kids got cut. Some kids got burned. Harkins got arrested. Harkins, 35, a literary teacher at Littleman, in Asian neighborhood family center, was booked in jail Tuesday morning on child abuse. In connection with the bizarre ritual, she was held in jail. $55,000 bell. This is not a new story. This was in twenty. 20- Twelve. if you haven't heard of it police said the ritual was attended by seven teenagers all of asian ethnic background whom harkins had taught a few years ago in her job at the center at least two were injured police said obviously it's very strange said st petersburg police spokesman mike the motivations for the ritual are very unknown to us none of the teens told their parents about the incident police investigated After one of the teens, a 16-year-old boy sent a text message about the incident to a friend. Now, the friend told the boy's parents, who notified police. In interviews with detectives, the teens were reluctant to talk about the ritual beyond the basic facts of what happened. They did reveal a few things. When Harkins held a lighter to one teen's hand, wind blew the flame out. That prompted her to douse his hand in perfume before setting it on fire. The boy suffered second-degree burns. Another teen was cut on the neck with a broken bottle. Harkins used a flame to eat a small key, which he then used to carthorize the wound. Stephen, 17, one of the teens who attended the gathering, declined to even discuss what happened. I'm okay, he said. I'm fine. All I know is she's in custody. She was suspended without pay from her job at the family center where she'd worked for four and a half years. We had no suspicion of any of this. They said, we do everything we know to know our employees. None of the teens was currently taking part in any of the centers programs. Chance said as a literary specialist, Harkins taught reading and writing skills to the center's clients. Though the motives behind the ritual remain unclear court records and those who know Harkins offer a few clues. Harkins recently divorced her husband, George. They had two children, a four-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. Records show that Harkins was a defendant in a sexual violence injunction that was dismissed in January. In August, she filed a domestic violence injunction against her husband, which was also dismissed. The divorce was finalized on June the 1st, about a month before Harkins began acting strangely. Lisa Cope, Harkin's the next door neighbor for the past four years said the last time she saw her Harkin's had taken an interest in extreme religious beliefs. She was my friend. Cope said she cried on my shoulder when she and her husband were getting a divorce. Cope didn't know what to make of her neighbor's newfound religious interest. She told me I was okay. Cope said, she said, I don't have any demons. The past few days she disappeared. She disappeared picked up her mail she phoned George Harkins and learned that the couple's children were fine on Tuesday she saw the story in the news I don't know where she got the whole demon idea she said who knows what makes people think those things next week we're going to have interviews. going to have an interview. i'm going to let you know about it on midnightrad.io. if you have questions, you're going to know who the guest is. i'm going to let you send me questions if you have questions for the person. keep up with that on midnightrad.io. if you have any comments or questions, i'll be glad to hear from you. the best way to get a hold of me is through calling this phone number, leaving me a message. Sending me an email, midnightrad.io one zero one at gmail.com. That is midnightrad.io one zero one at gmail.com. Go to our website, midnightrad.io. The phone number is three two five two six one zero eight nine two. We're going to start having a broadcast schedule. Up on our website, MidnightRad.io. Until next time, good night, God bless, and stay with us. We'll keep you informed here at Midnight Radio.